This is the Deep Dive with Brooke Spector. Investigative conversations about issues that impact our lives. Be curious. Friday mornings at 9 a.m. Only on 101.9 High FM. And good morning, and this is indeed Brooke Spector, and we're here with the Deep Dive, and we're going to get right to it. We have a couple of guests. First of all, Tim Cohen. Tim Cohen's name is probably familiar to many of you. He's been the editor or a reporter or a commentator or a columnist in almost every financial and economic publication in the country for years, and he's currently editor of Business Maverick, uh, and his informed, incisive, thoughtful commentary on all manner of things is widely recognized and appreciated. And I think it's fair to say, if I'm not speaking out of turn, Tim, that that you decided to take the bull by the horns, you moved to Prince Albert, you set up an all off the grid home where you live in contemplative and analytical heaven. <laughs> Hi, Brooks. Thanks for having me on the show. Yes, that's exactly correct. Uh, you, you, you nailed it in one. <laughs> Contemplative analytical heaven. That's good. I'm going to use it again with it in the future. Okay. What I wanted to talk with you about today in our time is, as, as many listeners are aware, obviously, the World Economic Forum has, has been winding up and uh, although the global economic climate is complex and difficult in many ways, it's also probably fair to say that the dislocations and problems that are attendant to the Russian invasion of Ukraine has been a core part of the discussion and has affected almost any understanding of any of the global economic issues of supply and scarcity. But Take a look at this for us in terms of South Africa's own circumstances economically, if I could put that to you. And you have about eight seconds to explain all that. <laughs> okay. Just, uh, just to clarify, I've been following the, the, what's been happening at Davos for Business Maverick readers. I was supposed to be there, but then you know, two days before I left, I tested positive for COVID. So I wasn't able to go. Nevertheless, I was talking to uh, to uh, people there and following the uh, the events and so on. I mean, it's a very unusual Davos this year. I've been a couple of times before. I'm not a, a, a super Davos regular, but I have been before. And, uh, you know, I find it just in, in contradiction to most people on the planet. I find it a fantastically interesting experience. It's uh, it's a great opportunity for South Africans, particularly, to uh, to reconnect with what's happening internationally, because uh, you know, and to get out of our own shell and uh, um, hear people from the rest of the world and so on. The, I think the big topics at Davos this year, well, the the whole event was overshadowed, of course, as you say, by what happened in uh, Ukraine. The, uh, the, the conflict has really been uh, um, an extraordinary challenge to Europe. And Davos, of course, it is a very kind of Euro event. The, uh, you know, there, there are representatives from all over the world, but uh, the, um, it does take place in Europe and uh, in Switzerland. And uh, the, uh, so what's happening in Europe is obviously uh, sort of close to the hearts of the, the, the organizers and so on. So Davos is usually, they try to kind of steer this weird sort of uh, um, path through all of the 
the, the sort of jungle of uh, international relations. But this year is different. This year, the, the, they've just been unequivocally in support of Ukraine. The president of Ukraine, Zelensky, did actually appear at the forum and gave a keynote address. But, but the, the event itself, the, 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 the conflict itself, really has been a kind of uh, um, an all-encompassing an all backdrop, I would say, to the, to the events and has sparked a, a, a conversation about, uh, you know, about the, 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 the West and the, uh, you know, the, the sort of geopolitics of the world and whether or not the, the to what extent the, the geopolitics of the world can, what they will look like in the, the new age, whether, how countries align themselves, all of those incredibly big and, you know, actually unanswerable questions came up. Sorry, I've been blabbing on. That's longer than eight seconds. I beg your pardon. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I, mean, it, I, I was teasing about the eight seconds. And the, the, the point is, it is complex and the, the issues do overlap. There are all the, the normal, quote unquote, issues that Davos, the uh, World Economic Forum, takes up every year. They know, uh, the sort of why is there air kind of questions. But the attention has been focused rather dramatically on the fact that on their doorstep, just a couple hours by plane, uh, there is a major hot war taking place between two large countries directly to the east of them. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the, um, you know, the, I th I th uh, uh, even the, the sort of broader discussion, so you can imagine there's a lot of discussion about um, inflation, is there going to be a global recession? What about stagflation? There are issues of climate change always come up. All of these things are now kind of flavored by the Ukraine conflict. The, um, the, uh, for example, one of the big topics was the supply chains and, uh, you know, to what extent are, are, is, are, are blockages in, in global su supply chains affecting inflation? To what, to what ex extent are they the cause of global inflation? And, uh, you know, the, 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 the Ukraine war, of course, uh, uh, you know, plays a plays a part in that. I mean, I th I, I, the, um, you know, the, the funny thing about Davos is that, uh, you know, <laughs> people are massively cynical about, uh, about the, you know, what, what is the consensus at Davos. You know, there's a lot of people who've gone so far as to say, whatever the consensus is at Davos is, the opposite is true. Um, but I, I, I sort of, you know, I, I think it's, um, I mean, it's. Uh, I don't think there is a Davos consensus. The uh, it it's too easier. It's too simplistic to think of it in in that way. It's more a kind of a, a process of feeling out. You know what other people are feeling. You know the uh, um, and uh, you get that sort of uh, sort of interactive uh, um, experience. So one of the people that I was talking to said, you know, one of the unexpected consequences of the the Ukraine conflict is that. Uh, that Europe has really solidified. And, uh, you know, the, the, Europe is always, you know, it's 27 nations in the European Union. Uh, the, the, the consensus view has always been they can never make a decision because there's so many people and there's uh, so many different interests to kind of look after. Yet in the Ukraine case, they, they, they introduced a set of sanctions in the space of two weeks. The, uh, and, and, uh, it's really sort of generated this uh, resurgence of interest in the European idea. And I thought that was, that was fascinating. I mean, it is, 
you know, Sweden and Finland have both applied to join NATO, an organization that was uh, a couple of years ago was, you know, you know, considered living on borrowed time. So you can see the, 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 uh, uh, and another example is Switzerland, the, the host of the conference itself, you know, has, has, has been neutral since the Napoleonic Wars. It has never taken sides. You know, it's, it's never found a war in which it could take a side until now. You know, the, uh, uh, the, the, the whole idea of Swiss neutrality has been just very quickly shelved. So, uh, yeah, that was one of, the, one of the things that came up. Yeah, Emmanuel Macron was, was widely cited for having described NATO as being brain dead. Couple of just a couple of years ago, uh, and now it seems uh, as if it has grown a new brain as well as five or six arms. Yes, no, exactly. But you, you know, I, 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 um, I think also. I mean, I'm talking about this from the outside, so you know, so take please take it with a pinch of salt. Um, but the um, the, uh, the 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 the. Uh, I think that the whole the the the, the conference demonstrated to the extent to which. The the uh, European project is now is now you, you know ha has a new sense of dynamism. It's the the areas of cooperation are probably going to extend beyond simply the the conflict in Ukraine. There's uh, the the, uh, the the there's there's a there's a bunch of countries who, who you know who 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 have been sitting on applications to join the European Union for ages. Um, like Belarus, for example, sorry, not Belarus, um, you probably know, is it M Moldova? Is that right? Uh, Moldova's um, one, I think Georgia's another. Georgia's another. You know, all of those sorts of issues are now going to come up with, uh, which, with much more focus. Let me, let, let me just explain to people, we're speaking with Tim Cohn, the editor for Business Maverick. Uh, we're talking about Davos and so many other things. And this is Brooke Spector with the deep dive.